0: Hi, I'm Russ Camarda, an independent filmmaker and actor in New York and in between the chances I get to do my creative projects, I love to sit down and talk with other artists to see how it is they do what they do, how they take art and use their craft to reveal truth to an audience. So, in this series of conversations, you'll meet some people you may recognize, some people you won't recognize, but they're all independent artists and we'll get in-depth in a long-form conversation to see how it is they do what they do. Welcome to Art Craft Truth. This time on Art Craft Truth, actor Robert Klahesse. He's had a long and distinguished career as a working actor with featured roles on television going back to Hill Street Blues, HBO's Oz, and HBO's Boardwalk Empire, for which he won a Screen Actors Guild Award as part of the Best Ensemble Cast that year. He's been seen in countless feature films like The Wolf of Wall Street, blockbusters like The Avengers, and starring opposite Ryan Gosling in A Place Beyond the Pines. You can currently see him as Sid Gormley on the CBS police drama Blue Bloods. And over the course of his career, he's gotten to work with so many different people and touch so many parts of this industry as a true working actor. You got to enjoy this cool conversation. Robert Clohessy. There he is. What's up, buddy? Okay, man. It's good to see you. I'm above ground. (laughs) You're not kidding. That's that's the only thing that counts at this point. That's all that counts. Can you see me good? I can see you great. You sound great. So how you been, man? What's going on? You working? working? No. No.
1: Surviving this 2021, 2020 year. Yeah. See the bird cage. My bird died. My dog died. Jesus. I know, and all I'm doing is running around trying to catch COVID.
0: Yeah, well, I don't know. You just—it's let me tell you—it's not anything you want. That I can tell you for a fact, because I. Have yeah. No. Well,
1: I know. Nothing. I know. I went through the whole thing with you. I, uh, you know, listened to your stories as every day went on.
0: It was terrible, man. But uh, but, I was and I was lucky. You're not a
1: long-termer, are you?
0: I am. I got all kinds of weird shit.
1: Oh, shit. There's so much of that.
0: I don't get it. I don't even, like, I, I was like, uh, what? all of a sudden, this now? Like, I, my, my, I stutter, you know, all these fucking weird things. I'm like, what is this shit? So, who knows? I don't know. You got me.
1: I don't know. There's a whole long-term group. I, I don't know. I think I was watching on 60 Minutes or PBS or something, you know, and, um, you know, they get together and talk because it's all different things that yeah. things are happening to people.
0: Yeah, I get the, you know, this strange little skin thing. You're like, what the fuck is it? You know, it's just a bizarre thing. And it's all virus. There's no question about it.
2: Yeah, no just moving around.
0: So yeah. so let's, let, let me officially start it for you. So it's, uh, welcome, Bobby. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you being on with me. Thank uh, you, Ross. Glad to be here. It's awesome to see you again. Um, what I love about you... Uh, before we even get going, is you're one of those actors. See, I like actors and artists who are actors and artists by trade. In other words, like the working man's lunch pail. You know, go to work and do the job, not a lot of mumbo jumbo kind of stuff. And your career and all the things you've done uh, exemplifies that. I mean, you, you you are the working actor who's made a fan, you know a terrific uh career and living doing just that but before we even get into that and before we even get into anything about your background and all that stuff which would which i definitely want to cover uh you am i wrong you were a fighter as a kid right
2: yeah
1: and to i'll answer that question that you just (laughs) brought up as far as lunch pail actor kind of thing um i will i will well, you want to say how I got into acting?
0: Well, first I want to I want to start with the boxing because you and I are big. I'm a... Well, this is
1: going to be this is this right. is how this is this is going to bring it into it.
0: Good, let's go for because it. Because
1: acting started with a series of being knocked out. So what had happened was uh, it it's like four knockouts in my life, and one happened when um, uh, I went to Catholic school in the Bronx. Ninth grade, this was the first knockout. Um, they used to have these, uh, like, outdoor fire escapes to take you to your classroom. Okay. And one day I saw this watch, this beautiful watch uh, on the floor, and I, I picked it up, and a guy, I think his name is Ray Scardino, <laughs> a redheaded headed Italian guy, I don't know. And he said, can I have that watch? I said, no way, I found that. He says, give me the watch. I said, no, it's mine. He goes, how about if I make you a bomb? and we'll exchange the watch for a bomb. And I said, a bomb? And I thought, well, it's 1970, of course, get me a bomb. Week later, he comes back with a bomb, right? It's about four ash cans worth of a bomb, right? So for about three weeks, I carry that bomb on my backpack to school. Then one day, we're in class together, he, reached, he looks over to me, he goes, let's throw it out the window, light it up, throw it out the window, teach out of the class. So I go, okay. So I look out, there's nobody there. He lights it up. I throw it out the window. The moment I throw it out the window, the assistant principal walks out the door. <laughs> the bomb goes off right in front of them. Oh, principal comes up. Assistant principal goes up with four brothers. They kick everybody out of class and they beat me up. Who beat you up? That was my first beating. Yeah. Holy they kicked me out of the school after a beating. Wow. That was my first beating. Oh, shit. My second beating occurred the next year. I went to Lehman High School. And uh, I was on the wrestling team. I was fighting all the time at night, training. But I was on the wrestling team, and there was 1971, 72, and there was all the gangs. You had the Black Spades, Savage Nomads, Savage Skulls, Bronx Ministers. All these gangs were in the school. And this was the first year the school opened. It was all buss and kids, right? right? And they were fucking fighting each other all the time, beating the shit out of each other, right? So I'm going, oh, my God, what am I getting myself into? So one day, me and this other wrestler get on the bus to go home. They broke up the school. It was a big fight. They canceled school. We get on the bus, 20 gang members in the back of the bus. So we're sitting in front right here, right here. He's in the front looking at me. I'm looking at him. I look over. I go, right? So we suddenly, I don't know, nomads, skulls, whatever, (laughs) they attack us. They accused the guy being a gang member. We start fighting him up. I clocked one guy, knocked him out, clocked another guy, knocked him out. And then I got hit over the head numerous times with a four by four, two by four, whatever. And I woke up a couple of minutes later. I was knocked out and um, had a concussion. And they're throwing rocks through the window.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Trying to turn a city bus (laughs) over and the whole thing. And It was crazy, right? So I went home. My mom was, like, really upset. And uh, she, we, she at that point, a couple months later, we moved out of the Bronx. We got out of there with neighborhoods getting bad. She was really worried about me. And we moved to Pearl River, Rockland County. Okay. Right? And I'm playing football. Never played football before. <laughs> right? And um, uh, I was pretty good. I, I mean, I was a good athlete. Anyway, and you're to a make pre- long you're, story you're short. Pretty,
0: you're a pretty big guy, too, right? What are you, like, six, Yeah, six?
1: I was, like, 6'2", 225, two yeah. right. you know. And I'm playing free safety, right? <laughs> I'm fucking, I see this guy coming across, right? You know, it was my first year playing. I see this guy. I'm going to knock him out. I'm going to kill this guy. I ram into him. I freaking crush him. I get knocked out. <laughs> All right? That was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I woke up about... Seven o'clock at night in the hospital. Holy shit. From a concussion. So that's three. Right? (laughs) That's three. Okay. Only about four months later, I go into the Golden Gloves. Right. I'm finally going to fight in the Golden Gloves. I was 17, turned 17. I qualified, you know, for age. I'm going to fight in the Golden Gloves. I won my first two fights. I'm fighting the champ, and um, he clocks me, he catches me. He he was shorter than me, you know, he was quicker than me, caught me on the chin. I go down. It's the third time I go down in two rounds, right? And I see my brother over on the other side of the the ring going, get up, get up. And it's real slow motion. I go,
2: no, I'm going to stay down,
1: right? (laughs) So that was my fourth knockout. And that following year. Uh, the same year I was in the senior play, okay, High school senior play drama game.
0: <laughs>
1: and um, and I just remember it being at like this whole new world of pretty girls and really nice guys and nice music. And I just like I fell in love with it, you know, but that's it. So I that's was tired it. of getting knocked out, beat up. And I could beat up most of the people anyway. I was one of the toughest guys, yeah. but you know, I ended up getting all these knockouts. And I found theater right there in a senior play in, wow. in, in like
0: pajama gang. Well, that, that that makes an awful lot of sense. And I think uh, I think uh, uh, most actors would would probably benefit from a good ass and every now and then to to get them right. get them to understand right. how how nice it is right. on this side of the street. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> So, all right. So that's all, so. Were, were you? So you were you a fight fan, or was it just something you wanted to do? Well,
1: no, no. I was a fight fan. No, my brother was a heavyweight contender. You know, he uh, he was Floyd Patterson's sparring partner for the Muhammad Ali fight. Oh right? shit! Really? And my brother fought on the undercard of the first Muhammad Ali Joe Frazier fight in Madison Square Garden. The
0: fight of the century. He centers? was on.
1: He was in that. In that fight, he fought in the undercard.
0: Wow!
1: He fought the six rounder.
0: How old What's the difference so, between? So D'Amato,
1: you know Gustavotto. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: He was, you know, he fought. He was, uh, he was Floyd Patterson's trainer, right. but he also became Tyson's trainer right. initially. Anyway, we I lived up there in uh, Newport. Right. I would think it is. And uh, when my brother was training with Floyd Patterson, uh, I guess I was like 12 or 13, and uh, he was his sparring partner for that fight. So, Did you get um, to go to that? He won the Golden Gloves in 1970, my brother. Right. Wow. Did and you then to- went to the Nationals. He lost in the Nationals. Did you and get to uh, go- he had about 17 pro fights.
0: Did you get to go to that fight?
1: No, I didn't. Oh, man. I didn't.
0: Fight of the century. That would have been something, right? Yeah. Wow! That would have been wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you got to grow up. Uh, um, I, I was I'm younger than you, but we we grew up as kids in the in you were older than me. But in the time of the I mean the great heavyweights of the '70s and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw all those fights. We used to go to all the fights. I remember one time we were seeing. I think it was Jerry Qua, Quarry fighting either. I think it was Ernie
2: Shavers, who was a right, really tough like, oh, fuck.
1: But we went out and got popcorn and something and beer and something. And, and Jerry Quarry had knocked him out in the first round. We missed the
0: fight. <laughs> yeah. Shaver's not the greatest chin, but a fan, uh, an incredible puncher. He was an incredible yeah,
1: puncher. Yeah, he, uh, he was something. But I saw them all fight. And uh, my brother was friends with Joe Frazier. and um, Wow. So it was like, that's what I grew up with.
0: And so you, you did you think you were going that way? Did you think you, that was where you were headed?
1: Yeah, that's yeah, I was too. into it. Yeah, I was definitely into it. And... Um, but I did I'll, I'll tell you a story it turned my you know turn me around and it, it had nothing to do with fighting but I remember you know when you when you fight in the golden gloves you at the garden, um, the heavyweights go last and back then they all fought we all fought in the garden and fell four not in you know things. and um, they um, the heavyweights are last. So you get there at like 5:36 you don't fight until 11, 11 at night. So you're in the same dressing room with these guys, right? And then when you're next up, they, they sit you next to each other in the hallway, right? right. But I remember um, the fight prior to the last fight. I was sitting in the dressing room, you know, just hanging out. And this big black dude um, was in the dressing room with his, his wife. And, and I remember listening to him um, about his life. They had a kid already and everything. And I was just 17. He was maybe 21 or something. But he had a kid. And they had so many problems and troubles. And I started feeling really <laughs> bad for the guy, right? I started saying, like, say, you know, I started having empathy and uh-huh. sympathy, right? Uh-huh. I'm about the to- I'm going to fight this guy. I can't have empathy and sympathy, right? right? And I still remember thinking I felt sorry for him. I really felt sorry for him. I hope I don't have to fight him. I don't want to knock him out. Um, And and that was like a turning point, right? right? And the next fight, I fought the champ, and that kind of lingered in me somehow. So when I fell down, I knew at that point, you know, wait, what am I doing? Yeah. I don't don't really want this. So
0: you got a concussion and you got a heart at the same time. And that's a bad bad combo for a fighter. You don't want those two things.
1: Right. The Tin Man (laughs) and the Lion at the same time. (laughs)
2: That's awesome. Uh,
0: All right. So before we get into, like, once you're finally getting into acting, you and I uh, worked together on a couple of uh, small independent films a while back. And – I remember you told me a story, and I want to I lead off with this because this is one of my favorite stories of all time. You are one of the few actors, I think you're the only actor, Now I would say you're the only actor who has worked with Mr. Miyagi,
2: huh.
0: Vito Corleone, and uh, Captain America. I think pretty much you're the only guy who's done that in the history. Of <laughs> that's
1: no. funny. That's funny. So, no doubt about that. So, <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's you. So you told me this great story about the movie The Score, uh, which you got to do a bit with all of our heroes, Marlon Brando. So I, I want to hear this one again because I, I vaguely remember the details of it. But how did that come around? And first of all, this had to be one of your heroes as a kid. Am I right?
1: Yeah, um, it, it, it was um, not the shoot ahead, but, you know, to get to the lunch pail. I want to get back to the lunch pails. Sure.
3: Oh, we'll the get to it. Uh, yeah. yep.
1: You know, image of me, because uh, I can tell you how that actually occurred. And, and But uh, the thing, how it happened with the Brando thing was that uh, they had fired somebody because mm-hmm. Brando thought he was too small okay. to play the scene with them. He wanted a big guy, right? So I didn't know this until, you know, <laughs> until later on, right? So I'm replacing somebody. Who wants to replace another actor? That's right. horrible, right? Um, but I was on Oz at the time, right. and everybody in, on Oz, all the actors and Tom Fontana were so excited I was going to do a scene with Brando. They just worked around my schedule, you know, and said, Gad, go, go up there and do it. We want to hear what goes on with you and Brando, right? right. So I went up there, they were shooting in a Montreal and I was as I was thinking about it, you know, I've seen, you know, on the waterfront and all these great films that Brando did. And, and I was thinking, wow, there's nothing I could actually think about that could make me feel any power over Brando, <laughs> you know, because I have such affection for him and such admiration. Um, I didn't think I could do this right and I remember when I finally got up there, and, and I see him—he's sitting on the lawn, he's eating grass, and the whole thing. <laughs> and I was just looking at him, and I was trying to figure out how to play the scene, you know, with him. And um,
0: and just just for everybody's uh, edification, the scene, which I don't think made the final cut of the picture, uh, you're you're a, you're a tough guy looking to collect some money on him, right?
1: Yeah, I'm like a suburban. Uh, middleman, tough guy, collecting money for, you know, the boss, right. right? Anyway, I'm linking two stories now, so it's getting confusing. But as I saw him sitting there before I got introduced to him, I suddenly was trying to get away how I could get into him, how I could be more powerful than him. And I thought about his his actual family mm. and his, his son had killed his... yeah daughter's wife right. and the whole thing and i started thinking about you know in some ways how miserable his life is right right and in, in, in emotionally and i thought you know what he needs to get his ass straightened out I'm, and I need, i'm the person for him and i found like a little thing to get in right like a thing the way I could, wow, I could i need to straighten his ass out right uh, and i got myself to believe that right and then when frank Oz came over they introduced us Franco's. um Marlon, this is Robert Classy. He's gonna play the scene with you. And Marlon goes, thank you, Frank. He dismisses him because Frank was not allowed to direct the scenes. <laughs> he had to go around the block and just look through the viewfinder. So he
2: goes, we're not gonna do this bullshit, okay? What's gonna happen is you're gonna to come to the door, you're gonna knock, right? I'm gonna to come to the door, I'm gonna open it, right? Um, you're going to say something, right? And then then I'm going to say something. And then you're going to say something about the money. And then I'm going to say something. (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't have the money, something like that. And then you're going to grab me. And when you grab me, you bring me to you because that's the power. Don't grab me and come to me. That's you don't know power. You bring me to you, that's the power. And you're gonna tell me you want your fucking money. And call me fat so. <laughs> right? And then he goes, and then smack me. So I smacked him. He goes harder, so I smacked him harder. He goes softer, so I smacked him softer. Right? So then I had him up here, and he goes, and now this is this is the funny part. I'm gonna say, Would you do me a favor? Would you? Hi, Catherine, Robert. My answer machine. (laughs) It's
1: my wife. (laughs) Honey, I'm doing a podcast.
2: (laughs) She said, now this is the funny part. I'm gonna say, can you do me a favor? Could you brush your fucking teeth? (laughs) And then you're gonna say, you're gonna go down
1: to your car, go talk to your boss, come back up and brush my teeth. It was something like that. It was something like that. Anyway. You know, I have the scene of that. Yes. You know, because Frank Oz said I was the only person to get along with him and he sent me the two scenes I did. Before.
2: Well, what can I what can I do for you? Well, you're 3 weeks late and Teddy is getting a little anxious about his money. I know, I know. I I'm very sorry about that. Please tell Teddy that I'm doing everything I can and that he'll hear from me very soon. Yeah. But listen. He's through playing games, okay? He wants his fucking money. That's so I so. mean <laughs>
0: That to me, I mean, that's the, that's the, you hit, you hit the, you you hit the peak, you climb the mountain peak and there's Marlon Brando right in your face. Uh, uh,
1: you know what? He was so powerful too. When I grabbed him, how strong he was, really. I couldn't believe it. He was, and he was an old man sure. he was, he was just so grounded and so strong. Right, right, right. I was wow, I can't, I couldn't move him.
0: Was there a part of you that, uh, when you're going up, when you're traveling up to Montreal for that, that you just can't believe it. You're like, this is. Fun. Oh, totally.
1: Totally. And, you know, I wasn't afraid either. It wasn't like, I wasn't even scared. I was, you know, because I had a job, you know, I was doing, ah, so if you have a job, you have a certain relaxation and, 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 you know, thankfulness and comfort, you know, that you have a job. And so I was just so excited to be there. Sure. You know. And uh, be a part of it. And
0: um... well, that's incredible. And that's that that picture. I mean, that one that one, that had De Niro and Ed Norton, and that was a fantastic picture. Um, so that what's great is that brings me back around now. So we're going back to heroes and how you got started. So Marlon Brando sort of closed the circle on something maybe from a, a, a childhood hero. So you get out of school, you get your concussions, you find your heart. How do you be, how do you get into this business? Um, what's the first things you did? You know, I mean, I know you started on the soaps and stuff, but what was the, what, what were those first steps and why did you do it?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, first I went, you know, because I couldn't get into any colleges. So I went to the local community college and walked into an uh, acting class and then I transferred to SUNY Purchase and, um, and, uh, and I graduated there. I got a BFA, um. But then, you know, I tried to um, study with Uta Hagen
0: because
1: okay. uh, I had read her book, and she turned me down twice. <laughs> and then, yeah, I know. And then I tried to, you know, I thought I, I really wanted to be a part of the actor studio, and I auditioned four times, and they turned me down four times. Well, they
0: turn everybody down. So
1: <laughs> I said, you know what? I'm just going to go and try to get a job.
0: Okay. And how did you do and it?
1: that was my path from there. I said, you know what? I'm just going to try to be a working actor. And That's it. And
0: we're talking like probably what, mid to late 70s at this point kind of a thing? Is that where we're at?
1: No, no. Uh, I had, had to go, I went to community college for two. I had to start all over because oh. I went to the BFA, so I did that for four. Okay. So that was 81. Okay. So in 81, 82, I auditioned oh. for Uda, and then a couple of years to there, I tried to audition for the actor studio. They turned me down. So then I said, I'm just going get, to get a job. And the first paying job I got was a national tour of Taming of the Shrew.
0: Oh, so theater was the first thing.
1: Yeah, and I did a, uh, we went all around the country. It was a non-union tour, and they paid me a little more because I drove the van, and then they paid me a little (laughs) more because I built the set, right? Right. (laughs) And so, you know. Wow. And sometimes we went to a new city, and the night before we stayed out late drinking, and then I had to build the set, and the set fell down a couple (laughs) of times. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that was some fun that that's, was fun though. That
0: that's, that's the actor's life la- and so so that first thing is theater but you eventually get back to new york and do and and you got in the whole soap opera thing right back when it was cooking
1: no actually um well i did um i got my first job was uh on a soap opera but it was an extra okay i did extra work for uh like six months on as the world turns uh with uh <laughs> What's her name it was married to Quaid. Oh, uh,
0: uh, uh, Meg Ryan.
1: Meg Ryan. Yeah. Meg yeah. Yeah. Ryan, right. And I was the bartender and I had no lines, which was so hard to do. Cause they say, here's give me a beer. And you know, you have to go, <laughs>
3: you can't
1: <laughs> say anything. Right. Cause the moment you open your mouth, you, you know, you pay raise goes right, up. Exactly. <laughs> so I did that for six months, but the, um, the first, um, uh, big job you know i had was uh hill street
0: blues right right and that's that's uh that's early 80s mid 80s Oh, it's 86 86 all right so so before all that as you're as you're working as an extra and as you're you're trying to get jobs as an actor um were you studying at all were you were you kind of doing any kind of craft work or were you just literally just trying to book it
1: no, no. I was just trying to work. Yeah. You know, I had done four years. I, 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 you know, my acting teacher was still. I was really close with, and so anytime I had a, a problem or an issue or something, I could. I just go over his house and we talk about it. Oh, that's and he'd cool. He'd help me out. So you know, so I had that relationship until he died. So acting um,
0: teacher from college.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. What was yeah. the
0: kind of stuff they they were giving you back then? What, were Were they doing any particular kind of? uh acting technique any kind of or was it just, no it
1: was an assortment of things it was a mishmash of stuff it wasn't any um you know it was really good because it kind of fit you know in the outside world could fit any kind of circumstance that you know was going on you know depending on the circumstance you can you know you still do your your basic you know relationship circumstance you know situation all that kind of stuff but then you can mix it up a little depending on, you know, what the situation is right. and the circumstances.
0: So when you're trying to go out there and work, did you think, did you care? Did you think you were going to be in a, a theater actor? Did you think you were going to be, tell, like, did it matter to you?
1: I, I'm not so sure um, if I thought about it that way. Yeah. Um, I, one, I just wanted to, uh, you know, make money, right. you know, because I was poor, you right. know. <laughs> Um, you know I, I I hadn't had a place I was moving from apartment to apartment I never had a you know you know it only was when I was 32 when I finally got a hill street blues I was able to you know actually rent something wow. you know so
0: um how did you get that always... how did you get that gig how, how did that happen for you
1: uh I was at the Williamstown theater festival that was another thing where I was just wandering around trying to figure out what to do and I went up there. was in an, a, a non equity uh, situation, and they hired me, um, uh, and for twenty five dollars a week, <laughs> I went up there, and I got into a little part with. Uh, uh, and I was at that point, I was like twenty seven years old. I got a little part with Blythe Danner in a play. Wow. You know, but then I had to break down the sets, and you know, and do all that shit. And I'm thinking, God, I'm gonna be twenty eight, and I'm still doing this shit, right? Right. right. But she took a liking to me mm. and then that fall she was doing um a musical and she asked me to be in it and uh, i sang a song you know not good <laughs> for these people here and uh, i got in it and um her husband was bruce paltrow mm-hmm. um and bruce i didn't notice but was the executive producer staying elsewhere uh and that was shot at mtm studios right hill street blues was shot at mtm studios mtm produced this workshop i didn't know and right at the same time this is when you gotta kind of trust your gut with you know being an actor but right at the same time the hartford stage uh cast me in the lead in this play about construction workers and racism and the whole thing and they were going to make me equity i was the star of the show it was a new play and um and i was or i was gonna do this musical for no money right right an agent everybody said oh you gotta do the play you're the star you're gonna get 800 a week when did you ever fucking make 800 a week you know da, da, da. and i thought wow no i want to be in this musical and i did that fucking uh... musical and mtm came to that show i did it and everybody else said don't do it they said do the play i did the musical blight uh paltrow ended up paying me the same amount of money i would have gotten up doing the wow. play he gave me a check right and mtm flew me out to la right after that wow i'd never been on a plane <laughs> right flew me out to la and then studio city they had me go in and audition for this pilot which I didn't get. And they said, go across the street. They're looking for a new character on Hill Street Blues. Wow. I went across the street. I auditioned. They liked me. And then that was like February and took about two or three months of you know them auditioning other people and network. And then finally, they called me up and said, you got it.
0: Wow. Wow. So what... What the what was it? I mean Sophie's choice there it is. What why did you do the musical? What Dude, I don't know, man.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I swear to God to this day I don't know. But I will tell you that everybody said go do the play. Sure. I and it was you, a, go you know, it was a good play and and but I don't know, it was something I felt. Wow. I felt um close to Blythe. I felt close to uh the people that were involved. Right so it, it was kind of like a thing where um, where I felt a bond in a family right right. and I never had money so it wasn't about money right and then I ended up getting the same amount of money right
0: Wow so the universe and subsequently
1: that that turned into a whole bunch of other things down the line sure. and that play never went anywhere
0: <laughs> of so. course of course not well that's the universe <laughs> uh, pushing you the right direction where you you got to go you just go with your gut that's incredible and it takes a lot of courage to do that and uh that's that's impressive so you get hill street blues now by that point that's like you said 86?
1: 86 so 86 yeah.
0: hill street blues is a hit at this point yeah i mean it's a huge uh, by that point it's a huge show so what are you thinking <laughs> as a young actor walking onto a set for, the, for like what was the experience like for you
1: <laughs> well You know, that whole 80s, I was so busy trying to make a living and have a bed on. I wasn't really familiar with TV, to (laughs) to tell you the truth. So I wasn't really familiar with the show because I was too busy trying to survive, right? But when I went out there, they were still shooting in film, right? right. Now, if you watch the beginning of Hill Street Blues, they do a master shot where they go through all the characters of the show and, you know and they set the master up for about three hours they'll set up a master shot wow. right and the first day that i have to shoot i'm the last person in the master so they go around the whole thing and then they come to me and i say something to betty thomas and then dennis franz comes behind me and he goes you should you're the guy from the 37 i'm gonna get my eyes on you something like that right?" So it was like a whole swivel movement that I had to do. Right. That you know, if you haven't done film, it's the first time you do it. You go, feels really awkward, right? But I was so shitting in my pants because, you know, it's not digital. Right. If you screw up the master, they have to shoot that whole thing again, and they're going to be so pissed at you. Right. Anyway, I got it. (laughs) Uh, And um, and I do remember it was after that first day. You know, everybody left and it was exhausting for me. You know, it was a long day. and I remember going to the back of MTM Studios and I just sat there because I didn't need a ride. I was living in a hotel at that time. They put me up in a hotel and I just sat in the back of MTM Studios and I started to cry. Wow. I just cried. I cried because I was like, I couldn't believe where I where I'd come from and where I was sitting right at that point. Right. And I just sat there and I cried and and um I was just so thankful and I couldn't believe it. And What was um, the
0: uh what was the how long did you do the, that show? You, only just, first season. Just a
1: one season. He got right? canceled that one year. Again. Right.
0: So were you, you, you obviously hadn't done anything like this before and and you're getting in there. What was the working day like? Uh, network television back then, p- particularly because they're shooting it on film, it's a dramatic episodic. It's a little different then than it is now. You know, you're you're involved in a big one now, and you've been in a bunch of them. What was it like then? What was that day like? And you know,
1: well, they had all been doing a show for seven years, so they were all accustomed to each other. So they're all joking around and the whole thing. And you know, I, you know, you're just trying to kind of find your way and and um, but you know. It took longer to shoot stuff. Sure, sure. Was it – You know,
0: because now they – on the, all these shows, I mean, different directors come in all the time. They just kind of keep sort of a the vibe of the show, but, you know, directors kind of come in. Was it the same thing then? They had different people direct different episodes, or was it a more –
1: Yeah, I think it was pretty much the same thing, but it was the regular people they used. Okay. You know, like Blue Bloods has their crew of people they use, and, you know, they – they're, they're all on the same page with Tom and, you know, right. whatever. And so it was pretty much, it, it, if, as I remember, pretty much the same thing.
0: And you're working with Daniel J. Travante and, uh, you know, the, yeah. that whole, I mean, what was it like working with actors at a level that you hadn't been at before? Like, was there an adjustment for you? or Were you, were you intimidated? Where did you, how did you deal with that?
1: I'll I, I tell you, I wasn't intimidated. Um, I was... Um, I don't know. They they quickly took me in. Okay. You know, and once they found out I was a fighter, you know, they were all interested in that. Uh, right. And Kiel Martin was, you know, he used to come on set and said, I, you know, because I had a mustache back then, right. he used to say I looked like a cross between uh, Robert Goulet and Frankenstein. <laughs> he used to go, to dream oh, the impossible
2: dream. So
1: they were, you know, they were all, with me and everything so That's great. I, I felt pretty much um i you know pretty comfortable in the mix real quick
0: awesome so you found basically another family like you had with uh paltrow and and Blythe. Then that was another kind of place where you belonged
1: yeah and uh they they were just shooting right across in the next studio in, uh, right saying right. no in uh you know and so uh you know i got familiar with them all and um
0: and after that show uh was canceled was that when you got you got a Big role, and that was the Pat Morita thing, right? O- Ohara.
1: Yeah. Then Pat Morita. Uh, I auditioned. Then I came back, and this was another <laughs> thing nobody told me to do. I came back to Williamstown as a non-equity in the in the in the season. So I did a season there of non-equity plays, and at the end of the season, they made me <laughs> equity. But everybody going, oh, you're a star TV show. Why are you going back? It's non-equity. Well, I felt like they gave me my opportunity right. and I need to repay that opportunity. And so I went back there and when I was back there, they cast me, put me on tape for O'Hara and I went out there and I got it. And then I went right back into another series with Pat.
0: Before we get to uh, the O'Hara series, when you went back to do theater, what were the kind of things you did that season?
1: I did a um, uh, golden boy, um, which originally was going to be done with uh, Tom Cruise. And I, I had a reading at uh, Paul Newman's house because his wife uh, directed the show. And um, and Tom was really sweet. I thought he would have been great, but somehow he pulled out. And this other guy, I can't think of his name, uh, did it. I did that one. I did... Um,
0: Wait, a uh, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Time out. So, yeah. so uh, you, you go to Joanne Woodward is, is directing this thing. Is Paul home?
1: Yeah, Paul home. He's <laughs> sipping a beer. Holy it's the afternoon. Shit. He's sipping the beer in the back, and um, he's really charming. Wow. Really sweet. And um, and
0: Tom Cruise. In by that time, that's Top Gun. That's he's a he's a star. It's
1: right around there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, he's a star at this point. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I think he did the uh, yeah the color run. That. Yeah, and that's where him and Paul.
0: Right. Right.
1: Yeah. And so he had him doing this and. I thought he was really sweet guy. I thought he would have been great, but he pulled out whatever. And um, we did that. And then I did a um, uh, English play. Uh, I was the boxer. Um, the freak is that play called?
3: <laughs> anyway, an English
1: play. That was really good. And then I did a new play by uh, uh, Moon Over Miami by... I can't think of his name. That's all right. Since since then, I've I've... You know i've been pretty much on stage all the time i mean i in went back to uh
0: in between all I the, did,
1: in between in, all the, the... in the 2000s right. um when i was in la i didn't do any plays okay um i went out to do uh i went out to you know in 86 to sleep with as many women as possible <laughs> And ended up sleeping with the first woman who became my wife.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, honey, did you hear that one? I'll confirm. You got me right away. That's right.
1: Um, And then I had kids right away. Uh, So for that 86 to 98, I was out there, uh, you know, and mainly, you know, raising my kids and with my wife and the whole thing. And then... um, and then I it was guest starring all over the place, you know. I worked with Dick Van Dyke and, uh, what's his name, Andy Griffith and wow. all those, William Conrad and, you know, uh, Raymond Burr.
0: Wow, yeah, you did, uh, uh, you did some Perry Masons and stuff like that. Perry Masons, so cool.
1: Mercy Road, you know. so I did all those. So, and then... <sighs>
0: Before we get uh, back to, I want to get back to getting your first uh, that that starring role on television. I think it lasted a season or so, or whatever the Pat Morita one, that first one, because uh, that's a that's something for your head as an actor that I'd love to get into and understand is getting that. But um, for the people who out out there who aren't familiar with the differences, theater and and film and television, you know your preferences, things you like that, you know, what, what are the r- different rushes for those two different mediums? Are the, do you, do you really care if there's a difference or do you get different stuff out of it?
1: Well, it all depends who the people are. Ah, okay. You know, like when I, when I first came back uh, after living out in LA, the first job I got was streetcar named desire at Hartford stage. Were you Mitch? I was Mitch. Yeah. I knew it. And yeah, had such a great cast. It's such a beautiful play. So you're a part of a really beautiful play with great actors that you you spiritually, you just feel a part of something really special. You know, going back to Pat Morita in O'Hara, Pat was suffering um, a lot of depression. He was going through a divorce. Hmm. You know, he was you know have he had a lot of problems but he was so funny and we got along so well and i loved him dearly and um but and that show could ended up going a lot more years um but you know he was he had he just had a lot of problems Hmm. and uh but i felt really close to him right you know so i was felt close to him where i felt close to the
0: play Right, 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 right. In the right, theater, right. you know what I mean. <laughs> it's interesting. So now, it's, working
1: on it is, you know, you you you're going to ask the same questions, of course. You're going to do the same work, but the person in the in the in the back of the audience has to hear you in the theater, right. and you don't want to do too much when you're doing film, you know. So, mm-hmm. but you're doing the same work. You know? Wow.
0: So you know what's interesting? Interesting little theme that's cropped up for for me here is, for you, it's real. There's a there has to be a connection, like a real community connection with the company that you're with, with the crew that you're with, with the other actor that you're with, and that's what makes it sort of, that's the juice for you. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's great. I've never heard too many others. It's its such a self-involved business, and there's so many just egos out there that are nuts. It's nice to hear that that's, that's what does it for you is this sort of chemistry of the team, you know?
1: Yeah. And that's usually the success of it too. You know, Right. you know, in the theater, you know, you're playing off each other. So you, you, you it's best if you like people when you're playing off them, because then it's easier to be angry at
0: them.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're angry at them, then it's harder to be angry at them because it's distorted, right? You know, you're not you're not playing with your imagination. You're you're kind of mixing up your 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 real feelings right. and the whole thing.
0: It's the empathy you felt for that poor heavyweight in the hallway. <laughs> Could have been somebody. <laughs> Could have <been> a <laughs> So, all right. So we're gonna move forward, but one last little thing. Uh, so when you did Hill Street. Did, you didn't have an agent going into it, right? You didn't have any representation? or you, or
1: I had you, no agent. You just kind no. of
0: got the gig. So by the time yeah. that's over, you must have had somebody looking out for you. Yeah,
1: then I had a little agent. Um, and then uh, when I got on Hill Street Blues um, out in L.A., it was a little agent in New York. I went with this bigger agent in L.A. And uh, subsequently, I, I was with him for a number of years. And then AIDS came. Of mm. course, and um, basically killed four of my agents. Wow! And you know, at that point, I left that agency and I went to uh, the current agent I'm with now, Buck Wow!
0: So, so last little thing on that little section there: when you got that gig, and that was a co-starring role with a well-established actor, with Pat Morita. Pat Morita, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It, did it was you, me and him. Yeah. Did
0: you think? Oh, here we go here it is, you know, I got, or what, or was it just another gig?
1: No, I didn't. I just, um, I I mean, I'm
0: trying to get, no, I
1: just, I didn't think that. I just thought um, um, I had a, you know, we had a great time together. Subsequently, I met the people at, um, um, at um, Warner brothers uh, I went out to dinner with one of the execs, and they wanted to do my own TV show.
3: Really? You
1: know, I talked to him like I'm talking to you, and they yeah. go, "You'd oh, be funny. Do, do your own TV show." And we started to. Uh, they put me under contract, and we started to do uh, work on a TV show, my own TV show. And the writer strike came. Oh wow! And then they all the, the writers got fired. What was
0: the idea? What was it? Was it a, a sitcom? They were just drama? finding it. You they know, were just they, they didn't
1: something? know. You know, they were. They were tossing all the stuff around. Okay. They were just trying to see where my energy was mm-hmm. or, you know.
0: So you, doing, our... so you end up doing a lot of guest spots on different things. Um, and I assume the next big thing is Oz, right? Is that is that where? The, where...
1: Yeah, yeah, but here, you want to hear a funny story. Yeah, Not so funny, though. Okay. <laughs> Not so funny. <laughs> what happened was right after O'Hara, I get called into after the writer strike, I get caught, called into Universal, this guy, is developing this TV show in New York, and he's seen me on Hiram Hill Street, and he wants me to play one of the leads in the show. And I said, oh, okay, I'll go up to him. I'll meet him. So I go up to his office in Universal, and I'm sitting down with him right there, and he's explaining the show about it's going to be firemen, EMT, and police all in one station and whole thing, and I want you to head of you know, the police department part of the thing. I said, great, great, I'll do it. About a week later, they offered me a role in a half-hour comedy called One of the Boys, with Dan Hedaya. Okay. Uh, 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 this Spanish actress, she was real popular at the time.
2: Maria Conchita. Nice to meet you, Miss Conchita. No, Navarro is my last name. You just said it was Conchita. <laughs> no, no, Maria Conchita is my first name. I have two, like uh, uh, Mary Tyler, or Big Van.
1: <laughs> right anyway <laughs> dan hedaya well we had the fun so i said yeah that was six episodes guaranteed so i was gonna make you know like hundred fifty thousand dollars right there i said yeah i freaking i went went for the money right this guy said he wanted me in it but there was no contract or anything right I, uh it lasted six shows and it got canceled that person who i was sitting with was dick wolf
0: wow (laughs) all right the show
1: came around finally the show came around i re-auditioned for him in new york the part that he was offering me and i went on tape and the whole thing and he went back to my agent and told him that was embarrassing he wasn't even prepared for the role i would never consider him for the part wow he fucked me in the ass. That's because, because, I because him you down. took that
0: gig, yeah. Wow, grudge I held a grudge, Dick Wolf. That's crazy.
1: And he held that grudge for years until he left Law and Order. And then he, when he left Law and Order, they started hiring me all the time on the show. But <laughs> right.
0: wow. Anyway,
1: wow. Yeah. People hold grudges.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So let's get you to uh, let's get you to Oz. Let's uh, so. We- all right,
1: Oz is a good story. Do so it. what happens? I come back. I need money. I go and meet. <laughs> they're bringing in from the Goodman Theater, they're bringing Death of a Salesman to Broadway. Ooh, right. I need the money. I go and audition to Understudy, the two sons, Biff right. and Happy. I go and meet Arthur Miller. Wow. I sit down with Arthur Miller, right, wow. like this. <laughs> right? I read for Arthur Miller. You know, he goes, I love you. You want the part? I said, yeah, of course I do. So now I got to understudy Biff and Happy. Wow. I've never understudied, right? Now I'm shitting in my pants, right? So it was like on a Friday, we're going to start on a Tuesday. I'm shitting in my pants. I got to try to understudy both these roles and possibly go on at any moment with these two roles, right? That was Friday. We'll start on Tuesday. I get a call Monday night. Monday night. Tom Fontana calls me up. I had known Tom worked with him. I had done um, the show in Homicide, Mm -hmm. uh, an episode of that. I met him doing the musical way back with Blythe. We became, we, you know, we're friends all along. Calls me up, he goes, Bob, I wrote a role for you on Oz. Are you available? (laughs) I went, let me check my date book. Am I available? So I have to tell my agent, I'm not doing that understudy. Then that producer threatened me that I would never work on Broadway again for turning them down. Wow. Here it goes again.
0: Another I never worked
1: on Broadway. I went, well, okay i guess not i'm going with tom fontana with oz wow and that's how i ended up doing oz
0: well before we get to oz first of all i love these i love how you brush over these brushes of greatness i went to paul newman's house he's having a beer i saw this one so so you're sitting in front of arthur miller reading the death of a salesman what the fuck Bob? what the fuck man i mean what is that like
1: well It was, it was, it was, it was fantastic, but you have to also know I was, I was broke and I had two kids. Okay. So I was, I was, you know, I had, I needed money. Right. right. So it was wonderful, but I also had great needs. (laughs) (laughs) I had children that I had to feed. Right. Right. (laughs)
0: So. The lunch pal actor. There it is. So I had
1: both things going on. I was, obviously, obviously I was flabbergasted to be sitting right here, right in front of him and, and, um, excited, you know, we had, you know, we didn't work on Arthur Miller plays in school and, you know, you know, you never imagined that now you're, you know, it's like a Woody Allen film. Crazy. By the way, and here's Arthur that's Miller right. <laughs> walks right into your room. That's oh, hi, Audie. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> and so, um,
0: that's incredible. So, so you get, uh, so you go out there, you do it. Um, what's that has, by that point, has because that's HBO's just starting to get into the game of original programming. At that point, what was that like? Were they making like a movie a day? Was it more like a t- TV episodic? Was it the same kind of thing as you were used to?
1: No, it was it was shot really quick. Um, um, you know the 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 uh, the DP was also the cameraman uh, Alex. Wow! And he, they just they just zoomed through the shit. And, you know, my apartment's on 24th Street. We shot it right, right here, right down the block on 16th Street in the Chelsea Market. They took one of the floors okay. and just turned it into a prison. Wow. Um, so it took me four blocks to walk to work. <laughs> Honey, I'm, go- I'm going to work! Got <laughs> my lunch pail! <laughs> and we went right down here and we worked. And um, and it was fun. You know, they wrote this whole storyline for me in the boxing thing. And... Um, it was another thing where, you know, everybody, you know, it was just fun to be a part of all these different gangs and all this yes. shit. And, uh, did
0: you, did you, were you aware, I guess you must have been when it, when it took, when it hit, like, were you aware of the hit you were in? Like that you, that you knew this was a pretty big deal?
1: No, because um, I think it was overshadowed by, you know, Sopranos because Sopranos was so huge.
0: Right. Right, right.
1: That this really took a back seat and that got all the, the limelight. I think now more, now it's gotten more, you know, sure. reruns now. People are into it. The younger show. people hadn't seen it. Uh, suddenly, oh, this is crazy shit. This is fun. You know, right.
0: right. And what's you know, the, what's um, his name? <laughs> went on to finally win his Oscar there. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I can't think of the names. Group- Does the commercials all Yeah, he's he's everywhere. The guy's everywhere.
0: (laughs) How long were you on that gig? How long were you on? uh,
1: Five seasons. I I was only on... I wasn't on the first two. They only did eight eight episodes a year. Oh, okay. That's it. It was one of those short things. And I did five years of eight episodes.
0: Now, does that connection eventually get you to Boardwalk Empire? Or is that... No,
1: Boardwalk, I auditioned for... uh, uh, that No, that Boardwalk would have been a number of years later. Right,
0: but I mean, the HBO kind of, thats it's a totally different thing altogether. By the time. Uh, yeah, no, it was okay.
1: totally different kind of thing, yeah. Um, uh, but in between there, I did like three plays, three different plays. Okay. Um, I did a two-hander, Rounding Third, on Broadway, The Houseman. Then I did Frankie and Johnny at Hartford Stage, oh, another two-handler. Cool. that's
0: a great... I had to be
1: nude the first 15 minutes. You tried being on of play. It'd be nude the first 15 minutes
3: of the play, right? And I forgot. I got nominated for Best Actor uh, for Regional Theaters for that part. Uh, Best Actor. Uh, I didn't win, but I got nominated for Best Actor.
1: And then I did, uh, on Broadway, I did um, uh, 12 Angry Men.
3: So
0: is that your first on Broadway thing at that point where it's a Broadway yes. state. All right. So here's another moment for an actor that a lot of us don't get to, to, uh, revel in an experience. What's that feeling like when you get that? Well, three
1: Men was fantastic. It was, it was such a, uh, the guys were great. We had a great time. Um, it, it was a, it was a, another beautiful experience because, um, Roundabout theater has a certain contract. And then, you know, then after eight eight weeks, it goes into a Broadway production. This is contract. They have a special contract okay. with equity. And um, we, were, we were a hit show. And so sub- subsequently, they had to renegotiate with us uh, three or four times. And what happened was us actors decided we weren't going to go to the agents. We were going to renegotiate it ourselves. (laughs) And we decided on two actors. They went in, renegotiated and we all got the same money. (laughs) Wow. So you, uh, this never fucking happens in the theater. Never, never, never happens anywhere. We all got the same money. And so we all so bonded. And then we did that three or four times. And then finally, um, like nine months later, uh, it turned into one happy man and 11 angry men because they Richard Thomas went on tour and they hired 11 guys from Chicago and paid them scale at wow. the bottom the bottom scale
0: who were you uh, who was which juror were you who was what which juror were you
1: I was number six six that's not one, which,
0: two. which one is uh, which is that that's not the uh, the really angry uh, uh, no, yeah, <laughs> no. The, the, the... Mine
1: is the most <laughs> non-distinct kind of character. Ed Linz, I think Linz played it. The salesman,
0: maybe the salesman I think I played that part. I think I played Juror Seven one time in a, in a...
1: Juror Seven's the baseball. Johnny Panko played that. No, then, that. I, think the I, then I think I
0: played the same part you played.
1: <laughs> oh, then you played the same. I'm right next to. Okay, okay, yeah, same. <laughs> That's great. I defend the old man and stuff, right, and uh, right. it was fun. It was, it was, it was a great time. um
0: and are you aware just as a, because you, you'd already reached, you know, some television work and are you aware it's, I mean, it's Broadway, man. That's, that's pretty amazing. That feel yeah. is a check off something on the list.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it was, um, <clears throat> I can't, I can't tell you, man, it was, it was, um, it was fantastic. And subsequently we had like, about five reunions after that right. every year with us guys and unfortunately now we're only um eight angry men left
3: okay there's my 12 angry men poster uh, I forgot this i did this at yale rep right after 9-11 me and kevin o'keefe um i killed like five people on stage it's great and this is the other broadway show i did pal joey um, I did this right after Boardwalk Empire, right before Blue Bloods, and it was a musical that was so much fun to be in a musical. Um, and of course, this is my play I wrote, and we were supposed to do it last spring, and COVID came. Um, it's about me and my brother, and my brother came home from Vietnam.
2: You know?
0: Well, again, uh, again, uh, Bob. This, this is, this is what, this is the theme with you. It's, it's that, it's this thing that happens when you get into an ensemble, um, which I just would have never guessed. It's really, really fascinating that when you get in there, it's this bond that you create with the the people around you that that lasts. That makes the, the that makes the job worth the job. You know.
1: Yeah, it's like your family. You know, because uh, you know other people have jobs where they. They go off every day, and that's just with the same people every day. But you know, we 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 are these roaming, uh, Roman roaming travelers throughout mm-hmm. the world, and we pick up families along the way. And um, you got to make the you know the the most of those families at the time, and make it as special as possible because then soon you're going to lose that family, and you're going to you know,
0: wow. Yeah, that's true. That's there's no there's no other business like that. So oh. so after so after Oz, I mean, you've also done like I said, you know, I made I made a little joke there. You did the little bit with Captain America and the Avengers, but I mean you've gotten to do some really cool stuff on the big screen. Uh, yeah. pl- place beyond the pines, etc. etc. You know, Is that happening concurrent with all this stuff? Like, are you doing television, then jumping, doing a movie here and there? Like, how is your career bouncing around? When do you get to the feature films where you're starting to do some of that stuff?
1: I I think it's just, you know, it's it's just going on simultaneously. You know, I'm auditioning here and there, and then I'm available to do something. Um, You know, The Place Beyond the Pines occurred, you know, when I was available and... um, you know that was <laughs> that was very funny because I loved the director Derek, and but he was funny. Get uh, which go? Bradley Cooper couldn't be a sweet darling guy, but you know Derek was trying to psych me up for the part, Right, right. and he was going that fucking star he ain't shit you tell him all. you get in his face you tell that little pussy that he ain't nothing no little bullshit star da, 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 right psych me up and inside of my kind of laughing you right. know, you know, I didn't I didn't need that kind of psych but I let him do it right and um
0: that's the so- guy who did didn't he do Blue Valentine isn't that the same director did Yeah 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 I yeah, love yeah. his stuff he's got he's he comes from a documentary world so it's all got that real like
1: yeah, and he tries to pump people up in different ways and some people get offended, you know, cuz he'll say things and some I just thought it was, you know, I liked him a lot, so, right. you know, I thought it was funny and, you know, Bradley was so easy to work with. What it was, was his,
0: right what was that what was that set like because he he is I know that director is kind of he comes from a different world like when he like when he did Blue Valentine's, all handheld, available light like you by the time he's doing Place Beyond the Pines, what was what was the running of that set like did it feel like a big deal or
1: no I think I think the thing he he does he he kind of he he, he likes you to improvise you okay. know so you kind of uh, um, he, he leaves it really open and um, you know try to find stuff eventually you know I didn't really improvise much but eventually stuck right with what he wrote because it was better than what i could improvise but um
0: do you like to do that it it just frees you up yeah, right
1: so you're not so you're more um you know in the moment more paying attention to your other guy more playing the uh you know the situation the world and an interesting ha- thing happened doing that you know i have to wear i put eye drops in because i have dry eye and i'll start blinking okay and I didn't have my dry eye things, right? My things, and I had to shoot this first scene. And the first scene, you know, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, um, I'm not being totally honest with him. Okay. You know, I'm being crafty and being sneaky. I got other shit going on, right? <laughs> I, totally but I didn't have my dry eyes so I'm blinking, right? <laughs> and I go, oh, fuck. and then the second scene when I'm reaming a new, a new asshole, I got my, I got my dry eye stuff in. And so I'm staring right at him. And then when I watched the film, I go, wow, that was a great character choice. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it showed sharp. like I was being nervous that's and covering great. up stuff by oh, my, my blinking and the that's whole That's fantastic. So I accidentally created a whole you know <laughs> character thing
0: now you've done uh, like I said we met doing uh, the Fred Carpenter pictures out here doing these uh, we did um, the the Night Never Sleeps and uh, we had a, one scene together so you've done tiny tiny pictures and you've done like I said you've been on you know, the big blockbusters yeah um, do you look at it differently? I mean, obviously, the, the, the day is different. The experience is different. The, the whole layout is different. But I mean, you as an actor, as you're walking into these different things, how do you compare and contrast them for yourself? Um,
1: well, you know, I approach them the same way. I think doing like the Fred films or some of these other films that I do, um, it kind of feels um, in a really good way like doing community theater. <laughs>
0: right.
1: Where it's fun. Right. You know where you're relaxed, where you could you you could have input to it, you know. There isn't a big star there or a big director and you you know you kind of kind of play your stock character or you know or you know you have your you're being so like catholic schoolboy paying attention the whole thing. You know, you get in there and you could play. Right. And so that's why I like doing them, and I like going in, and doing a quick scene there, and um...
0: right well we had a blast i mean the two of us it was it was out, it gotta be like six or seven well it was freezing cold it was, too. Freezing. it was like this time of year i think like january or december or something yeah like freezing, it was freezing, it. freezing cold it wasn't an easy scene to do no
1: and you had to cut my throat <laughs> yes. luckily you know that's when you hope
0: both actors have skills so you could get it done as quick as possible yes and we did we got it done in like two takes so that was fine yeah <laughs> what you did to that lady cop that was some badass shit yeah. i wouldn't want to fuck with you man all my money's not here
2: Listen, old fucking money. Where is it? Oh, you gotta relax.
1: Listen, you spit bastard. I'll <laughs> fucking skin you and Bogus alive. I don't get my fucking money. Get...
2: See,
0: what's funny is tonight the only one left who knows what went down is you. Yeah. <laughs> let's get all right. Let's let's shift ahead because I'll I'll bounce around a little bit. But um, you got as best part of the best ensemble you got the screen actors guild award for and we'll get into it boardwalk empire this was a great show i I thought this was a fantastic show and you were on what for that first that was the first just the first season or two two seasons yeah so at the end of the second season they whack you i think right or something um what was that experience like that's a that was a great period you know uh 1920s the into the depression area period show what was that like to work on and what were the folks like on that ensemble
1: Well, it was great. Great guys. Uh, Steve Buscemi was great and the whole thing. They just really uh, um, outrageously underpaid us. Really? And I was really happy about getting whacked. No shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And I still remember one of the producers sitting on the side over there. He never said anything, had his sunglasses on. And I remember saying that to me, William Bill and and Kevin O'Rourke, because sometimes they pay us a daily and we shoot three scenes, four scenes, right? And he goes, I remember just only word I ever heard out of his mouth. He goes, we're really getting a buck out of – we're really getting a bang out of a buck out of you guys. Wow. Right? And that, you know what? I, I really wanted to sock
0: him in yeah, the face. Yeah.
1: I really – that that was,
0: was – that so, Was that the deal with that kid? Because I thought that kid was like a fantastic actor – and they got rid of him. The delete. They they were building the whole show around that. William
1: Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. I don't know. He had some other problems going on. I'm uh, not sure. It wasn't
0: money with him. It was. He was just kind of a.
1: You know, you're right in the mix, and you never know what it is. Right. I, I don't know what it is. I really liked him. Yeah. I thought I, he was, I thought great he was a great kid.
0: Very talented kid. And I
1: thought he was really good. Yeah. So I don't know what I don't know what the issue was.
0: So it was just underappreciated salary-wise for that. Part. Totally, <laughs>
1: totally, totally. So when they whacked me, and the only reason I got that Screen Actors Guild Award because I knew at the second second season when I went against Buscemi and Terry Winter, um, like,
0: <laughs> I'm dead. They're gonna kill who
1: me. was the creator of the show? <laughs> I knew I was going to get whacked. <laughs> So all during that season, I was walking around going, dead man walking, dead man walking, right? And everybody was, like, laughing the whole thing. Terry Winter was laughing. If you see an HBO um, uh, commentary with Terry Winter, he brings me up saying that whole thing. But I think he extended my part all the way to the end.
0: (laughs) Just because of that. Whacked me in the end.
1: And because I stayed to the end, I qualified for ensemble. Right. Right. And um, you know, and you know, we went out and subsequently, uh, you know, because I wasn't one of the regulars, they didn't fly us out or anything. Uh-huh. So I wasn't gonna go.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And then I talked to my buddy Elias Plajanos. Uh-huh. I told him oh, man, they don't wanna fucking do it. He goes, I'll fucking be your date. I'll fly you out. So Elias treated me. Oh, that's great, flew me out, put me up in a hotel. And he was my date at That's the Screen Access Guild Awards.
0: He he's the he's the kid who he's the director who uh, did uh, Crimson Mask, and then he's he's a yeah,
1: I did Crimson Mask with him. Yeah, right,
0: right, and which was another yeah. kind of low budget thing. And he's done a couple other things since, right? Um, yeah, that you've yeah. worked. Yeah. yeah, he's a good know, indie director. I don't think I've ever gotten to actually work with him, but he's a good, nice, great director.
1: guy. He's a great guy. He's my good buddy, and. Um, and we had so much fun out there. Oh, that's oh, great. Oh, my God.
0: That's great. So uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I want to skip ahead a little bit. And we'll fill in, if I miss some something that you want to highlight, throw it in. But let's get to what you're doing currently. Because once again, you were on another hit, at Network Episodic. And you've been on it for a while now. And that's Blue Bloods. Um, how does that come into your life? And what's it like? Again, for you, it's always this ensemble. What is that ensemble like? What are those people like?
1: Uh, they're great. Uh, me, Abby and Gregory and Tom, we get along great and the whole thing. You know, acting wise, I kind of play in a stock character. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, you don't really get to know who, who I am or anything or you don't get the family, you know. So I just come in. I know my role in it,
0: mm.
1: you know, and I serve a purpose uh, for the scene. And, you know, you know, that's basically it. Um, but it's a great job. And um, and they're wonderful to work with. Now,
0: for a job like that, um, I, get, I always get the impression that these are sort of like uh, like there's a there's a template. You know, there's a this this is the formula of law and order. This is the formula of Blue Bloods. This is the formula <laughs> of whatever. So that directors come in. It's like, yeah, we don't we, don't be too creative. You know, th- we, this is how we do it here. So for a lunch pail guy like you, is that Is that is that kind of the way it is? Where it's like I know when I go to work, what the work is. We're not doing some, you know, we're not going crazy handheld down the street with, you know. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, is that the vibe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, do you like that? It's again, it's different from these independent things where you got input and you can like do this sort of community theater kind of thing. So, what do do you like that sort of structure where you just I know what I got to do and,
1: you know, like. I'm not going to win any awards, right? You've already won them. You <laughs> just, just said you <laughs> won <want> them. <laughs> no, I mean, but you know, I'm, I'm not. You know, I'm not going to be the, the fan favorite or be part kind of thing. You know, it's just it's a job. It's a good paying job, and it's good people to work with. And you know, I'm 63, and I'm not going anywhere.
0: Right. Right. Right.
1: That's how I see it. So, um,
0: punch that card. Get in. Marvin Howard, Joe Frazier, you know, lunch pail fighter. Get in there and do it.
1: Just do it. Do my job and um and, and you know and maybe able will take care of my family. And I'll get other opportunities, you know. There's other people who want me to do plays and stuff when this is over. And I'll do my, you know, I've just did a, you know, a little film uh, in Jersey and so I do you know, you know.
0: So uh, the the folks that you work with on, on that ensemble, um again another iconic television this time a television icon uh in tom Selleck. you know magnum pi the whole his whole career um seems like a sweet guy you know is there and he's kind of the he's the executive producer of this thing too isn't he like he kind of does he help yeah he's
1: the main guy yeah he's basically you know he he basically uh he's the man everybody um you know, it's his show. So, the, He's the star.
0: So, so, working with him is there, is there input? Is there does he listen? Yeah,
1: but you know, the the things get shot so quick. You know, they're You know, this we 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 read through the scene. We'll rehearse it once, and then uh, you know, if you have ideas. But he works on it so hard and so prior, and he gets the scripts much prior to us. Right. So he has a real um, clear vision. And it's basically um, through his eyes, the show. Okay, right. And so I just trust everything he says, and I just do whatever he says.
0: So from a craft standpoint, when you say quick, just describe what like, you mean, what's a typical, uh, like, a week? Like, like, do you do an episode a week? Do you, Are you doing multiple episodes at the same time? Like, how are they? Well, they'll
1: do, he'll back end the show, so he'll do, because he comes in from L.A., he'll do the end of one. in the beginning of another okay and then we'll shoot we shoot our stuff really quick
0: really i mean
1: everybody has it down what is
0: really quick what is that how do you What is it
1: really quick (laughs) really quick okay like um i don't know really quick really quick wow a couple hours no shit
0: Wow, that's fantastic! I like hearing that. That's great. That must be great to get you work in. You know, get in and get get out. Yeah,
1: Nate, that's what they do. They get you in, get you out, and um,
0: and how long and, you been on that show now? How long is that? Been?
1: This is the eleventh year. Wow,
0: that's fantastic. Well, yeah. a little bit of job security. It's maybe it's not law and order job security, but it'll, it's not going anywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um, yeah, I mean, if I was uh, having a hard time, I wouldn't stay. But <laughs> right,
0: you know right. what I mean. I'll treat me a little better than Boardwalk Empire, so that we got that going. For yeah,
1: <laughs> oh boy, I was so happy to get killed off that show.
0: <laughs> so last, one last little thing I forgot to bring up was um, Wolf of Wall Street, uh, Martin Scorsese. Marty, let's call him Marty. We're going to call him Marty because uh, Marty no, Marty's the... never going to see this, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Marty directed the uh, pilot episode of Boardwalk Empire too. Right.
0: That's right. Okay.
1: Um. And so I knew him and um, I had auditioned audition for a bigger part on um, on uh, Wolf Wall Street and I didn't get it. And and then they call me back a couple weeks later and they tell me the real lawyer that I'm playing didn't like the person that they cast. They said he didn't want a little Jew playing it. They wanted a big Jew. So I ended up being the big Jew defending uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> DiCaprio. That's
0: fucking fantastic. Oh
1: <laughs> um, and that's that's how I get. That's what was told to me. And that's how um, that's how I got cast. And uh, he really sweet guy, DiCaprio, really sweet guy.
0: What's it? Uh, yeah, you just had. Just... Say, he just gets in there, put a
1: camera there, put a camera there, put a camera there. And then, you know, he likes to improvise, too, you know. You know, he caught me. I started improvising something. He goes, "I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. Say that." And then I couldn't do it again. I couldn't do what he said. I forgot what I did. I, you didn't do that. You didn't do it the way you just did it. Do it the way you just did it. You know. So I "Oh my god." That's but um.
0: So what's it like? So so when you when you read for him, you had you you just met him on Boardwalk Empire. Right? You, you, I didn't even read for him. Oh, you no, I did he put
1: him. me on tape and then oh, cast. Okay. Me. I got you. Oh, all right,
0: very cool. All right, my friend. Well. I'm not going to keep you too much longer. Uh, um, I guess what I would ask is, what I've come away with is that for you, it's this—it's uh, this establishing a family because it's a temporary thing. It's a temporary bond, but you want to have this cohesive thing that that fosters this fun you know, uh, which in turn fosters creativity, so that part of it is important for you, and the other part <laughs> right from the very beginning is uh, it's, it's prize fighting, you know, I gotta, there's a prize I have to make some money, I gotta feed my family so that's the lunch pail aspect and it fits the characters you've played all these years, because that's what we keep casting you as, is the the average Joe, the cop, the, 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 the neighborhood guy the, the, the guy, and, and, and that's really who you are, and so with that in mind, what would you tell um, young actors or even m- mid-level actors who are character actors who are trying to lunch pallet out there and plug it? What's the advice you give you'd give to an actor uh, out there doing it like you did it?
2: Well, I think um...
0: like what do they keep in mind when they when there's when it's when the struggle when, when you're in the, the one bedroom apartment trying to figure out how you're going to do it what's what's the what do you tell those actors
1: well you know to be honest there were a couple of, you know many times where i thought you know i can't do this i'm going to give up i don't want to be a part of it and all thing and part of my answer to that was that you know i really had no other talent to do anything else right <laughs> and so i had to figure out a way to make it work right uh so i think you know i never had a fallback thing like I never thought, if, well, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to fall back on anything um, because I, I, I never thought about falling back on anything. Ah. Uh, so it was always a feeling that I had to make this work. Right. right. Um, and because there was nothing else, right. this, it, this has to be, this has to work out this, you know? So I think the driving force of, this, this, I'm, I'm going to make this work. This has to work out. I mean, I'm going to be miserable a lot, of, but I'm going to make this work. And, um, and in the meantime, I'm going to try to have as much fun and create as much family and embrace as much as I can to fill the gaps of the kind of, uh, maybe the loneliness of the whole right. adventure.
0: Right. You know? Yeah, no, that's that's a great lesson. Uh, just keep pushing forward. I think Eddie Murphy said this something similar where it was like, if you give yourself something to fall back on, you're probably going to fall back on it. And uh, yeah. when there's, no yeah. net, there's no net, you know?
1: And there's no safety net. There no. was no safety
0: net. And I know you're not big on, I, I heard one other uh, interview you gave one time where you're not big on, you don't, you don't like talking about acting, so you picked the wrong show to be on because that's all I want to talk about. But just from a craft perspective, do you... Do you still find yourself when you do your actual work? Are you still doing the same things that you that you've learned all these years? Are you still pulling from little tools, or is it just listening and knowing the story? Like, what is your? I think it's a
1: combination of stuff. You know, I know some stuff that works, and the whole thing. Uh, I think I, you know, ultimately, you know, I try to make it as real as possible. I try to be right there. And I try to, you know, really listen. I'm trying to really give. Um, And um, I'm trying to score it out if it it requires that and the whole thing. I'm trying to leave open to improvise if I can, you know, play off the other people, whatever. Um, But, you know, it was interesting. I watched two movies recently, and I'll end it with this. And this is the difference between actors. And, you know, I don't know neither of these actors. And so sometimes I can't really describe what I do or define it. But if I see something, I could say, wow, well, this is what I would do and this is what I wouldn't do. Okay. And the two films that I just saw were just conventional, kind of The Equalizer,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then the one with uh, Bruce Willis. Uh, where he plays the uh, remake of the Bronson film.
0: Oh, uh, Death Wish.
1: Death Wish. You watch those two films, watch those two actors, and you go, you know what? I want to be a Denzel Washington actor, not a Bruce Willis
0: actor. (laughs)
1: If that could answer your question about acting,
0: all right, that works for me. I totally get what you're saying. Well, man, I appreciate you giving me all this time. I had a blast when we got to work together. I hope one day to to do it again. You know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to do something together at some point. That was always that was a blast when we did that. And I all this time you gave me is a, a, a gift. And uh, I'll be watching you. Everybody else will be watching you all the way through. You're my kind of actor, a working class, working man's actor, and I, and I appreciate every every moment you gave me. Thanks, man.
1: All right, Russ. Be safe, buddy. Thanks, brother. All right, then.